Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the GBOTA Track Talk podcast, proudly brought to you by our major partner Ladbrokes. On this episode, I catch up with Australia's only female race caller, Victoria Shaw, who'll make her way to Wentworth Park this Saturday night for the very first time, calling a couple of races and celebrating our amazing women in racing. I hope you enjoy this episode where we have a chat about what attracted her to race calling and some helpful advice for any young males or females looking to become a broadcaster in their own right. Firstly, can you tell me a little bit about what your current role is in Greyhound Racing? Obviously, we know you um, as the renowned female commentator for Greyhound Racing Victoria, but can you tell me a little bit about what your role is? I don't know about renown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, my role at the moment with uh, Greyhound Racing Victoria is I uh, contribute content for them. However, I also have another full-time job, so... I work in a contractual situation where I supply content when I can as I'm calling part-time for the Melbourne Racing Station down here, which uh, was known as the old 3UZ or um, RSN, uh, digital radio station now. So between calling uh, written or audio content for GRV and uh, my other regular job, uh, life's a bit busy, but it's also very enjoyable. Yeah, nice. Now, how did you, where did you start in saying, yes, I want to become a race caller? Dimity, this goes back to the very late 90s. I probably sat on my hands for a couple of years thinking, oh, they'll all tell me to, to go away because there were no women. Um Interestingly enough, my father's family have a big history in jumps racing and unfortunately I never met his mother, my late grandmother. She passed away well before I was born, but she rode with a number of the Melbourne Hunt Clubs down here and she rode before she passed away with a lady called Pamela Knox who who married into the O'Connor Racing family in South Australia. Pamela recalled my grandmother, uh, actually when I spent some time with Pamela in the very early 2000s, she's also since passed on, but Pamela was on course in 1948 on New Year's Day at Hanging Rock and had to take over the race meeting because the race caller engaged on the day was a little bit uh, headache struck. We can guesstimate that perhaps that was a hangover. (laughs) And uh, she called for the remainder of the card. Now she said to me that she never wanted to do it again, but someone had to take over. And that was our only actual recording of a woman calling a race in Australia. And then I got up 50 years to the day later, my first attempt at a a live public broadcast on New Year's Day 1998 at the same track. Wow. So it's, yeah, a little bit freaky, but, um, and and also the late Pamela Knox O'Connor, lovely lady, and she's also helped... um, find out a little bit more about my family with some records that, that were long lost um which was very nice but there have been other women calling in australia trials i know there was a lady calling trials in south australia for harness racing a number of years ago we've had a lady call some gallops races in outback queensland a few years ago as well but i find it interesting um sadly that women won't push it to the next level and uh try and persist to take a role on air so uh, certainly the more women we can get out there doing this the better how did you sort of you know um develop your craft of calling like how do you sort of prepare i mean is there anything you can prepare for because like we were saying before you know you think you might have an idea of how a race can pan out and then that just goes completely out the window 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I think for anyone listening that perhaps can read sheet music, you'll look at your your music, you know your instruments, and you can rehearse and uh, you know how to play a particular song. And then after, you know, several some several times that you've played that passage of music, you won't need to refer to your sheet music because you, you know it off, off the top of your head. Now, in Greyhound Racing, of course, we've got the box draw, which denotes the colours the colors of the rugs that the dogs are wearing. Um, with horses, we've got the owners' colours or the trainers' colours, silks that they wear. And you'll try and memorise all of these things. Um, but as you said, you know, things can go wrong, particularly when we've got... Uh, a degree of difficulty with sunlight. You'll hear James Vandermatt refer to the sunlight, particularly Sunday morning at Hillsville in the winter, because the track is perhaps like a blonde colour and then you get the sun bouncing off it and there's moisture in the air and we get this heat shimmer and you can't see a damn thing. Um, or the home turn at Sandown late afternoon sun when you've got brindle dogs whizzing around the bend together, you've got the red and the pink and the sunlight hits them against the aluminium running rail and they almost look like they've sort of blurred together as one momentarily. Um, <laughs> things like that. Or if you're looking at a horse race, you'll get silks that are covered in mud if there's rain, all kinds of things. It's just, it is a matter, it is a, a matter of practice. And, and I'll refer back to, you know, anyone that's learned a musical instrument, you, you're doing your scales, so calling trials is very helpful, which is, you know, obviously a great analogy. And it is just simply turning up for practice week after week after week. Um, and I hope that uh, anyone listening appreciates the amount of time that we all sink into this, but the more yeah. practice you have, the better off you are. And at the moment, I'm only calling effectively one meeting a week on air and I notice, and I'm sure other people notice too, when you're calling two and three and four meetings a week, you know, you are flying. Yep, yep. And you should be. But um, look, at the moment, I'm, I'm very lucky to, to have the opportunity that I do as a part-time broadcaster and hopefully I can make it a, a full-time situation. Do you get nervous before you call races or now that you've well, obviously, yeah. you still get nervous? Yep. I do. Um, and depending on the degree of uh, the event or, or even having the presence of better animals um, and you know that these are group group level performers. I mean, all, all, all animals are wonderful, but you know that this is a big time animal that's turned up to the track, whether it be a greyhound or a horse. And you think, well, there's a fair level of expectation here and you know, some people might be starstruck by movie stars, whereas, you know, you're telling me that Unleashed Kalinda's about to walk in the door or <laughs> Postman Pat yesterday at Sandown Park or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, oh, I, um, who have we got here? And you sort of, you, yeah, you sort of, um, you, you do get a bit sort of on edge because you think, oh, wow, here we go. Um, but, it, but it's all very exciting and, um, you know, the animals are the reason why we're there. Without the people breeding, training, owning any of these animals someone like myself doesn't have an opportunity so um i think you know we've got a whole we were discussing you know the, the good points and bad points of social media before our podcast earlier on and i think a lot of people um enjoy the aspect of racing in fact the the superstar is the animal on the track with four legs and a tail um and that, and that's fantastic because it is something that is bigger than yourself, and that that's a lovely reason to be there. Yeah, oh, just what you were saying before about some of the superstars. Obviously, you know, rewind back to uh, to yesterday afternoon, and you know, I was saying before, you know, usually race twelves are very exciting, but um, Postman Pat obviously making it five from five since coming over to Australia, and 
clock 29 12 and you know we were saying that I could hear it in your voice how excited you were calling him other than him has there been any other sort of memorable um races or dogs that you've had the opportunity to call um look I've had a couple of group performers when I've been at Hillswood and Sandown but I know I did call a track record which fell fairly quickly at Hillswood that, that got knocked over but um uh I think it was uh, back in January um a dog called uh, Maybe Yesterday clocked about 16 and 10 for 300. And yeah. I knew when I was calling it, I thought, wow, this animal is flying. Um, and you looked at the clock and, and, and you go with them too, or you try to. Um, and that's, you know, that's exciting to do. Um, but it, 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 it can rattle you. Um, but, yeah, look, it's, it, it's a huge thrill. Um, it's it's awesome, and you sort of you sit there and you just go, my God, that's just extraordinary. Um, yeah, and you do, do take a moment to sort of get over it as well. And you know, you walk out of there, and some of my friends might be talking about some movie they've seen or something else that excites them. And I'm just like, oh my God, there's this greyhound here standing clock sixteen and ten for three hundred, and they'll look at me strangely, and I'll so go, and I go, well, you know. You think about Usain Bolt and how fast he'll run a hundred, you know, the hundred second, the hundred meters. Yeah. Um, and you know, this greyhound's just clocked sixteen and ten for three hundred meters. Put that in perspective, and they're sort of, oh, okay. Um, but look, years ago, racing had a bigger presence in Australia. I think um, with different influences we have in the country, and also migration presents different aspects of interest to the broader community as well. I hope, um, and I think greyhound racing is managed very, very well, I hope that uh, a woman's voice on air, irrespective of whether it be me, you or any other lady that would like to get involved, I hope that we sort of open that mindset up as to how many women are actively involved, breeding, owning, training and enjoying greyhound racing by a woman's voice on air delivering it. And I hope that sort of opens women's thoughts up hey come and have come and have a look at this it's it's a great sport yep yeah it's it's a really good point because i mean we've got so many amazing and lots of them you know trainers owners breeders handlers etc um but you know yourself you're the only commentator and you think you know we're doing so well with getting women involved and you know the confidence they exude in all other areas you know even administration and media um yeah so you know do you obviously from your perspective you know do you sort of have any advice for because i'm sure there would be you know some little girls out there thinking thinking, oh, you know, that that does sound good, but they could be a bit nervous because, you know, like you said before, it's just yourself sort of flying the flag for the the lady commentators at the moment? I don't – I hope that anyone listening, irrespective of age too, because your voice will get better as you get older. Um, But there may be some young women out there considering media studies as a tertiary prospect – and, and years ago, there were schools for race broadcasting or race calling, um, whereas certainly that is not the case now. Um, I hope that they would look at this as an extension of perhaps their media studies path, um, and it can put you in, in quite a unique position. And, you know, not everything you will do in life will come out of a textbook. Yeah. And this is something you really can't, you know, there is no text for this. You you actually have to get out there and experience it. Um, I think Greyhound Racing is better positioned than the other codes of racing with our trials. Here in Victoria, we have coursing, um, which I've gone out and called a number of coursing meetings. So they're going up in pairs. 
But if we were to see uh, young women or young men or anyone of any age expressing interest to call trials on tracks in New South Wales or any other state, I hope that they could approach their Greyhound Club and express interest to do that because it, it's a great way to get involved. It's a great way to see what goes on with the sport. And there are many, many trialling sessions and um, it, it certainly is something that I would like to see each Greyhound jurisdiction take control of to help not only promote their sport but, but get more people involved on, on a different level as well. So yep. Yep. hopefully we can do that soon. And obviously, you know, from what you just said, practice is the key, you know, maybe even just if you go to the trials and just, you know, maybe record yourself doing it, you don't necessarily have to do it over the PA, you know, record yourself commentating races off TV, you know, I think that's only going to, you know, put you in good stead for, you know, if you do get the opportunity, you know, to say to call even at a, a non-tab meeting or something like that, they can actually see that you've put the effort in um, and that you really want to do it. Yeah, for sure. And and also to turn up to a track live um, and every setup at every venue is obviously very different. But um, I was lucky enough to go in with Rob Tester at Sandown Park, you know, several years ago now and he'd call the entire meeting and I might jump on for one or two races. For the remainder of the card, when people couldn't hear me, I'd be back in one of the spare rooms um, and there's a booth that is way over the finishing line at Sandown, but I would call, say, three quarters of each race because that where I was positioned was a bit awkward. But still to have that live experience because it's all very well to call them off the TV at home. However, when you get to a track, given the height of the building, how far back the building in your position where you are calling is from the track or how close it is to the track, the angle you're on, and, and even tracks with different cambers, they all present to the naked eye or looking through your binoculars a, a a different feel for the pace that the animals are moving. I know when I get to Warrigal, I've got to watch it because I'm actually higher up than the other venues that I typically typically get sent to. And when you're higher up, you, you get a feeling that they're running faster than what they actually are. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's t- and also, you know, just to get used to, to the right pace, the sand and coming off the many straight track calls I had at Hillsville, you know, your margins start to get distorted as well when you're coming off straight track racing. So there's a whole lot of different things to consider. And the only way you'll get get around all of this is simply to just do more of it. Yep, yep. Now this week, this Saturday night, you're making your way up, and I was a bit shocked when you said this before, but you're making your way up to Wentworth Park for the very first time. That um, yes. I can only imagine how exciting that is because I remember the first time I went there, I bawled my eyes out. But um, <laughs> how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, look, I'm absolutely um, thrilled to be there, but, you know, I'll, be, I'll also be a bit nervous too because it's a track I actually haven't seen with the naked eye. And it, it, once again, you'll go over replays off the computer or whatever and, and, and do all that until you get there and, and get the appreciation of the angle you're on and all these sorts of things and the ca- different canvas that come into play and, and how the dogs sort of move on each circuit is always a bit different as well. But I'm um, certainly looking forward to it. Golly gosh. Um, and just on a personal note, I, I wanted to thank, you know, everyone involved with the opportunity to come up there because it is exactly a year ago I was actually undergoing radiation treatment, so for cancer, but... Um, to think that you know 12 months later that I can put that behind me and um walk into Wentworth Park and call a couple of races it's like wow that's yep. <laughs> it's an incredible turnaround and I, I yeah I hope hope I don't burst into tears um, <laughs> but, but uh, 
I may share with you because it's um yeah it's it's a remarkable opportunity and it's an incredible turnaround in my life personally as well. So I'm, I'm you know very humbled to be there and, and absolutely delighted at the same time. But I also hope that um, we send out a message that we'd like, you know, some people to have a look at not just what I'm doing, all the broadcasters, and we'd like you to be involved. Yep. Uh, during that time, obviously, you know, where you were getting your treatment and that sort of thing, you know, I know from, from me personally, you know, going through my own health issues, just what Greyhound Racing does for you, you know, just giving you something to look forward to, you know, enjoying watching the races, taking, your, your, you know, your mind off um, off what's going on. But, yeah, is that sort of what it did for you during that period? Look, it it, um, it, it kept me going um, and it kept me smiling too. I, I had a race meeting. I was sent down to Geelong for a morning meeting here and I remember the first race was about 8.12 or 8.13. So I got up very early and I just completed my 12th session of radiation um the day before so they i was doing monday through friday radiation some people who are incredibly sick do monday through saturday i was doing monday through friday i only did i only did 19 sessions and i remember i just completed my 12th session i knew i had geelong the next morning and a friend and i called the first race and someone sent me a text message gee you sound awfully bright it's 8 13 in the morning it's freezing cold and and how long is it taking to get there you know what's your secret and i just looked at that and i didn't write back because i just thought oh, i haven't told you that i was under a radiation lamp yesterday oh, but, um, no. <laughs> it just you're just so pleased to to be able to see tomorrow and and to see racing and be so consumed with what's going on on the track before you because you have to be it takes your mind off everything. That's right. Um, yep. Because it just, it takes over. And and believe me, I was absolutely delighted to have such a prospect to sort of to consume my thoughts. Um, yeah, I was just so pleased. Towards the end, I had to relinquish a couple of gigs because I just said, I'm starting to get too dizzy. I don't, and the drive home was quite problematic. Yeah. yeah. Um, particularly afternoon sort of venues. And I, you know, I had to get someone in the car to sort of drive home. But um Look, you get through it. Radiation's not nice. I'm extremely lucky. I didn't have to undergo chemo treatment, but um, racing racing keeps you going, and it it puts a smile on your face. And it's even if you know you're not going through hard times, it's still a terrific reason to get out of bed every morning, and and it's always something to look forward to. Yep. And just finally, like you may not have one, but do you have a favourite greyhound of all time? Um, do I have a favourite greyhound of all time? I've got a soft spot for a lot of the dogs that I've seen at, at Heelsville, a lot of the straight trackers like Duncan and, and animals like that. Um, Trickety Click. Yep. He's a little cutie. Um, apparently <laughs> Trickety Click um, demands to be tucked into bed every night. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> and you get out talking to some of the trainers and and, uh, and and you go down and spend a bit. It's, you know, every track is built a bit differently. So if you can get down to the kenneling box, particularly where I'm positioned at different venues, every, everywhere the setup's a bit different. And, you know, and getting out to seeing some of the animals and having a bit of a pat and a bit of a cuddle afterwards, that's that's always nice too. So, um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the straight trackers at heels will mean a lot to me, and and it was also sort of the head on at heels will taught me a lot. It's extremely difficult, um, but at, towards the end, I absolutely find heels will addictive. Yeah, <laughs> so right. It's a strange addiction. I just I just love the head on. It's it's mad. Yep. Um, there you know there are times you can't see properly. There are times. 
Hills was also renowned for having the world's biggest huntsman spiders, I'm sure, oh, um, no. particularly in the broadcast <laughs> box. But um, there's all kinds of crazy things that go on there. But there's just something about straight track racing, and I'm sure you'll see that at Richmond or Capalabar, Murray Bridge. It's, it's fantastic. I, I love it. I would like to dearly like to see more women express interest in race broadcasting. Um, and as we mentioned before, I think greyhound racing is in an ideal position for anyone to learn. Um, the situation at Wentworth Park before us uh, this coming weekend, you know, we're encouraging anyone of any gender, we're not being uh, gender specific, anyone to, to come up and, and say hello and if you'd like to hang around and see what goes on. And But for any young women or, or older women too that think, hey, I'd like to do that, I, I do hope that they um, consider the situation. It's, it's a wonderful aspect of racing to be involved with. It can be daunting. It's everything. It can be frightening. It can be nerve-wracking. It can be daunting. But it can be thrilling. It can be exciting. And it can be very satisfying. And it'll give you moments like you just would not believe. Yeah. Um, but I don't buy for one minute some of the sort of uh, – advertising I've seen for, say, football commentary for women with some of the social media situations I've seen, particularly in my state, they'll use the catch cry, you can't be what you can't see. That's rubbish. If you want to do something, you damn well will. Um, it's never stopped me. And I just hope that, you know, equality at arm's length, and we see so many women will either look at it and walk away and perhaps consider it, but they're, they're too scared. But if you want equality, I, I hope that a lot of women realise they still need to start throwing themselves around like the men do. And we've got so many men of a variety of ages that are driving enormous distances, doing a whole lot of form, which takes hours, watching God knows how many replays. Um, you know, it's a lot of work. But if you want an equal society, women need to step up to all aspects of life. And, and this is another one of those aspects which a lot of women continually look over. So hopefully um, we can change some minds and at the same time, too, they can appreciate that uh, greyhound racing is a very welcoming sport for all. 